No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today, we see where Gideon's son, Abimelech, forms a conspiracy against his brothers to become king. It's a brutal lesson of the high cost of personal ambition. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Judges chapter 9 on Simply the Bible. Have you ever noticed that it is often the people who are least qualified for a position who want it the most? That is certainly the case with our central character today. Abimelech was the son of Gideon by a concubine from Shechem. Abimelech means my father is king. Although Gideon refused to be king, Abimelech, who was not the heir and who lacked his father's faith and integrity, certainly coveted the position. We pick it up in Judges 9.1. Then Abimelech, the son of Jeroboam, went to Shechem, to his mother's brothers, and spoke with them and with all the family of the house of his mother's father, saying, Please speak in the hearing of all the men of Shechem. Which is better for you, that all seventy of the sons of Jeroboam reign over you, or that one reign over you? Remember that I am your own flesh and bone. Now remember, the name Jeroboam was the name that Gideon's father gave to him, and it meant let Baal contend, because early on Gideon had torn down the altar of Baal. So that name is used interchangeably with Gideon. Shechem was in the valley between Mount Ebal and Mount Gerizim. When the children of Israel crossed the Jordan, half the congregation stood at the foot of Mount Gerizim, pronouncing the blessings for those who kept the law, and half the congregation stood at the foot of Mount Ebal, pronouncing the curses to those who broke the law. The same day, Joshua and the children of Israel renewed their covenant with the Lord. But that was decades earlier. Israel had since sunk into disobedience and idolatry. In the play Henry VIII by William Shakespeare, Wolsey warns Cromwell, Cromwell, I charge thee, fling away ambition. By that sin fell the angels. How can man then, the image of his maker, hope to win by it? Abimelech's ambition was such that he would have paid no attention to Wolsey's warning. Now, ambition is a funny thing. It is possible to have too little ambition so that you are a couch potato when there is much work to be done. To such a person, King Solomon said in Proverbs 6, 9, How long will you slumber, O sluggard? When will you rise from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep. So shall your poverty come on you like a prowler and your need like an armed man. When I think of a sluggard, I think of Jabba the Hutt kind of an individual. On the other hand, it is possible to have too much ambition, or more accurately, selfish ambition, where you desire something that is not assigned to you. You see, God is sovereign. The best we can do is to fulfill his purpose for us. He gifts us and calls us for a specific work, and the best we can do is to please him in that work. 
Incidentally, it is also where we will be the happiest. Abimelech was someone who wasn't willing to stay in his lane, so to speak, and his life would end prematurely because of it. Abimelech's ambitious appeal to his uncles and grandfather was this. Wouldn't it be better for your relative to rule over you than someone else? It had nothing to do with divine right. It had nothing to do with qualifications. It had everything to do with them being his family, and he thought that he could sway them. And he succeeded, for they would march to his drum. They say that blood is thicker than water, but this was nepotism to the extreme. And his mother's brothers spoke all these words concerning him in the hearing of all the men of Shechem, and their heart was inclined to follow Abimelech, for they said, He is our brother. So they gave him seventy shekels of silver from the temple of Baal Berith, with which Abimelech hired worthless and reckless men, and they followed him. When Abimelech's uncles campaigned for him in the city of Shechem, the men's hearts were inclined to follow Abimelech. Notice that there was no discussion as to whether he was the right person for the job, and certainly there was no prayer involved in this. They simply followed their hearts because Abimelech was their relative. That is always a recipe for disaster because the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked, according to Jeremiah, who can know it. They took 70 shekels of silver, about 35 ounces, from the temple of Baal Bereth, which means Lord of the Covenant. Now, this was an idolatrous temple. So they took money from it and gave this blood money to Abimelech, one shekel for each one of his brothers that he would ultimately murder with these worthless and reckless men that he hired. Then he went to his father's house at Ophrah and killed his brothers, the 70 sons of Jeroboam, on one stone. But Jotham, the youngest son of Jeroboam, was left because he hid himself. Not only was this a brutal serial killing against his own brothers, but also a great and dishonorable offense against his dad Gideon, who had delivered the children of Israel from the hand of Midian. And all the men of Shechem gathered together all of Beth Milo, and they went and made Abimelech king beside the terebinth tree at the pillar that was in Shechem. The men of Israel wanted to make Gideon king, but he refused. Abimelech sought the position for himself, and his relatives crowned him willingly. The world esteems the ambitious who take what they want without regard for others, but God resists the proud. Verse 7. Now when they told Jotham, he went and stood on top of Mount Gerizim and lifted his voice and cried out. And he said to them, Listen to me, you men of Shechem, that God may listen to you. The trees once went forth to anoint a king over them. And they said to the olive tree, Reign over us. But the olive tree said to them, Should I cease giving my oil with which they honor God and men and go to sway over trees? Then the trees said to the fig tree, You come and reign over us. But the fig tree said to them, Should I cease my sweetness and my good fruit and go to sway over trees? Then the trees said to the vine, You come and reign over us. But the vine said to them, Should I cease my new wine? which cheers both God and men, 
and go to sway over trees? Then all the trees said to the bramble, You come and reign over us. And the bramble said to the trees, If in truth you anoint me as king over you, then come and take shelter in my shade. But if not, let fire come out of the bramble and devour the cedars of Lebanon. Jotham climbed up Mount Gerizim to deliver his message. There is a triangular rock ledge which forms a natural pulpit there from which one can be heard as far away as Mount Ebal, for the valley forms a natural amphitheater. The word parable literally means to throw against. It is usually a short story of comparison where symbols have allegorical meaning. A fable is a special form of a parable in which animals or inanimate objects like trees are personified. This is the first of only a few fables in the Bible. Jotham's purpose in addressing the men of Shechem was to call them to give an account before God. You know, regardless of our actions or how much we may justify our causes, the Bible says in Romans 14.12 that each of us will give an account of himself before God. Now, in this parable or fable, the cast of characters is this. The trees represent Israel. The olive tree, Gideon. The fig tree and vine represent Gideon's 70 sons. The bramble, of course, is Abimelech. And the cedars of Lebanon, I believe those refer to the elders of Shechem. The men of Israel had asked Gideon to be their king. But he refused to sway over them. His 70 sons also refused to be king, recognizing that God was their king and that it was not their father's will that any of them be king. But Abimelech, symbolized not as a fruit tree or a vine, but as a thorny bush, agreed that he would be king and they would take refuge in his shade. But how could trees take refuge in the shade of a thorn bush? The threat of fire coming out of the thorn bush, however, was real for farmers feared the wildfires that could be spread quickly through such thorn bushes. We have acreage of church property in which we soon hope to build. Right now, it is the home for six grazing cows. It's also the home to some wild rose bushes that, regardless of how many times we spray, never seem to go away. I'll be walking the property and suddenly I feel something pulling on my pant leg. It's one of those thorny rose bushes. And some of them have grown up to eight feet tall on the other side of our fence. The last thing I would want to do is spread a blanket beneath one of them and have a picnic with my wife. A bramble is hardly something that anyone would want to have towering over him. To seek shade beneath it would only injure yourself. The main point of Jotham's parable was that only worthless people seek to lord it over others, for worthy individuals are too busy in useful tasks to seek such places of authority. Verse 16, Now therefore, if you have acted in truth and sincerity in making Abimelech king, and if you have dealt well with Jeroboam and his house, and have done to him as he deserves... For my father fought for you, risked his life, and delivered you out of the hand of Midian. But you have risen up against my father's house this day and killed his 70 sons on one stone and made Abimelech, the son of his female servant, king over the men of Shechem because he is your brother. If then you have acted in truth and sincerity with Jeroboam 
and with his house this day, then rejoice in Abimelech and let him also rejoice in you. Now, obviously, they had not acted in truth and sincerity. They hadn't done the right thing here. They only put Abimelech in this position because he was uh, their relative. And certainly they had not dealt fairly with Gideon and his family who had done so much for them in delivering them from the terrible oppression of the Midianites. So because of these things, their relationship with Abimelech would not be one of mutual joy. But if not, let fire come from Abimelech and devour the men of Shechem and Beth Milo. And let fire come from the men of Shechem and from Beth Milo and devour Abimelech. And Jotham ran away and fled. And he went to Beer and dwelt there for fear of Abimelech, his brother. Beth Milo means house of the fortress. It is thought to be a section of Shechem where the upper class lived. Fire would destroy all the men of Shechem and especially the city leaders. Jotham escaped with his life. Selfish ambition is a terrible sin that can destroy many lives that stand in its way and will ultimately destroy the one infected by it. How much better it is to humble ourselves in the Lord's presence and be faithful in that area to which he's called us, knowing that in due season, he will lift us up and we'll live a much happier, longer life. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to previous episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our iTunes podcast. Tomorrow, we'll see where God sends a spirit of ill will between Abimelech and the men of Shechem so that Shechem is destroyed and Abimelech is killed. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of Judges on Simply the Bible.